0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the first day of summer, and with this change of seasons comes a couple of program changing moves for both Bulldog football and baseball. Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Doghouse, sponsored by BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. The games don't start for both uh, football and baseball for a long time again, but boy, was this a big news week for both sports. You know, last night, the panic over the news that Dakota Jordan had entered the transfer portal. Well, that's the only word for it, panic. I'm talking all around, just out and out craziness because, um, yeah. Dakota Jordan is one of those absolutely incredible athletes with raw, untapped potential. I've compared him to Hunter Renfro before, and I will continue to, although I think maybe he has a little more background in some sense than Renfro did, but the key is finding the right position, developing him, and turning his still raw physical skills into just pure baseball player skills. Now, as far back as April and May, I was mentioning that he was one of the players um the underclassmen roster for the Bulldogs that would be targeted by, if not outright programs, the kind of people who represent programs or the go-betweens of the third parties, or let's just be honest, the out-and-out hustlers to try to lure him away from Mississippi state for a big NIL offer or something. Now, that does not seem to have been the case for his entry into the portal. Steve Robertson is vigorously denying that that was the situation that somebody came with a bag of gold and that, It turned Dakota Jordan's head for a while. There were other reasons, but I have no problem with a young man looking at his options and opportunities beyond where he's currently at. That's the nature of the sport we're in. Let's just learn to live with that, not just for baseball, football, everything. Guys are going to look. Guys today have, as I've written, opportunities and maybe illusions too. No, no maybe about it. There really are illusions out there beyond anything their predecessors could have dreamed, much less put into effect. That said, he considered it, and in less than a day, withdrew. Dakota Jordan is back in the bulldog fold again, and boy, the sigh of relief, not to mention the uh, great big servings of well-grilled crow that are being taken by quite a few message board posters. I'm not going to pick on you guys because (laughs) I was in a panic mode too, but... I've learned also, don't overreact. Don't say things on your message board uh, head that your uh, internet rear can't cover. It was an emotional time, but Dakota Jordan is still a bulldog. We have through July 13th, closing of the portal. That's still three more weeks for this sort of thing to happen, not just with Jordan, but you have to concern yourself, just to throw out some names. Not that I've heard anything, but I'm just talking purely objectively, uh, Gerangelo Sanjay and Hunter Hines and others. Now, I'm not particularly worried about Hines any more than I was Jordan, in the sense that they're both Mississippi State guys. Uh, could they be lured elsewhere? Sure, if the situation was right and other things, but at heart, and Hines in particular, he's a Mississippi State guy. So not much concern there. And in fact, if you keep up with the running list we have on Gene's uh, Page 24-7, you'll see there's been no real new news in the portal for quite a few days for Bulldog Baseball. Uh, ever since the announcement that uh, Nate Lamb, the left-handed pitcher from a small college, is coming here through the portal, uh, nobody really of impact is on the way out. Maybe you could say Graham Eintma. And that was a guy that a lot of people wanted in the portal, and it just did not work out for him here. So now he's looking for better fortunes elsewhere. Uh, Slate Alford, a lot of physical potential, but just, I don't know what his position is. I really don't know if he has a position. Maybe in another program, they can make an outfielder out of him. I just don't see him at third base at this point. But he's got the physical tools offensively that somebody's going to take a chance. That's going to happen again. Uh, Mississippi State knew once this season ended, well well before this past season ended, that the roster was going to have to be trimmed, self-trimmed in most cases. I know those end-of-season interviews with the coaches, the facts were laid out to them pretty clearly. It wasn't a um, leave or else. It was just here's how you stand. Here's where we're going to move forward. Here's who we're trying to recruit. You know, take your choice. So Mississippi State so far has not been hurt by the portal, but it hasn't been super helped by the portal either. And that's where the news that the hiring of Justin Parker, when we recorded last week, it was less than 12 hours later, my pre-written story, which I'd written six days earlier by the way, (laughs) was able to be activated that yes indeed, Chris Lamonis was able to hire away from South Carolina Justin Parker to be his pitching coach. My how fast things can change. You've got to think that's gonna start bearing fruit in the portal. More so, though, now, yes, you still want to go out and sign some more pitching if it's out there available. Don't just sign bodies to have bodies at this point. You may need a couple for depth, but if there's not anyone's sure thing, and by sure thing I mean a guy that you can look at as your second or third SEC starter, an absolute midweek guy, an absolutely perfect setup guy, mid-game relievers, closer, whatever, If you don't see that, maybe you kind of back off and don't sign them and go into 24 with a little bit of a thinner roster at the pitching staff. You don't clutter it up right now because you've got to go out and sign more guys as soon as you can. And again, the portal period stays open through July 13th. And also a reminder too that as long as a player, a baseball player, (coughs) excuse me, is in the portal, the spring portal, by that date, July 13th, he can still sign with a program up to the start of school and a little beyond and come in and play that fall. You just have to be in the portal before it officially closes. Uh, there are cases where guys can apply to a portal late. Uh, that's happened with Bulldog football. Of course, as we mentioned, Rufus Harvey has missed the portal window of football, but he's hoping to get a waiver somewhere that allows him to play. Mississippi State will not be using him because of health concerns that it just, it just can't take the risk. But that's where the portal stands, and you expect, Mississippi State now, that the pitching coach situation has been settled to probably try to bring in a few more pitching. To my mind, it's more about keeping the pitching that you want to keep, and that was the concern with not having a pitching coach even more than the portal. Now that you've got Justin Parker on there, and you have unanimous approval of it around college baseball, He's able to talk to the underclassmen pitchers on this past roster, the recruits on the incoming roster, especially those who are draft eligible, and, of course, portal players as well. But retention is going to be a big deal, and so is keeping those signees with a junior college or high school because, again, the major league draft is July 17th, 19th. Parenthetically, yes, something has got to be done about that timing. I understand the college baseball wanting to tie it to the all-star game weekend kind of things, maybe catch some attention, but boy, does it make the game harder for coaches and, for that matter, players who have already four days the portal's closed and now you're waiting to find out, are you drafted in a 20-round draft? Are you drafted high enough by a program that you want to sign on with? This, that, and the other. My point being that Dakota Jordan is a great sign today. He's returning as of today, but this is a moving target until the portal closes and then until the draft happens. That's just the fact of life of college baseball. It's more complicated than it used to be and it's always been complicated, don't get me wrong. I used to say that if football coaches, basketball coaches had to deal with recruiting the way baseball coaches do, they would go insane. Well, thanks to the portal and NIL, uh, they're getting a full taste of what baseball coaches have been dealing with forever, certainly since the 11.7 scholarship went into effect. So it's not over. It's good news today. It's great news that he's choosing to come back now and withdraw his name. It's absolutely great news that Justin Parker has signed on to be the pitching coach. But as far as the roster... There's a lot of shaking up that can still happen between now and the end of July. So that's one of those stay-tuned sort of situations. But it's off to a good start today, and the reverberations on our message boards and others for the return of Dakota Jordan has given everybody quite a lift, where last night they were just about ready to write the program off. Um, what, message worth people overreact? <laughs> well, include some... Uh, website writers in the overreaction count, too, because I've been guilty of that myself as well. But fortunately, I can usually delay posting a story and then let common sense or at least some glimmer of objectivity come back before I put something out there that I really, really, really would regret. But that's the news from Bulldog Baseball right now. Of course, as we said, there's still more to do in the portal. There's still the draft ahead and all sorts of things. So It's a lot to keep busy. Would I rather be in Omaha instead of just watching other teams play right now? And by the way, my two picks to reach the finals, Wake Forest and Florida, are still on track, but today could be really interesting as they both play the elimination games to try to knock other teams out and avoid playing the next game, Uh, particularly LSU, who would uh, not only give anything to extend their season, but get it to Thursday and run Paul Skeens out there. I know there's plenty of major league scouts, particularly teams with the first, second, or third draft pick overall, who say, oh, no, don't you dare throw him one more time after 120-plus pitches last week. That's okay. The guy wants to win, and you got to respect that. And and it's been a fun series to watch, other than the fact, of course, that we're not there. And there's quite a few Omaha restaurants, particularly lunch places, that are regretting my absence uh, this year after my experiences in 18, 19, and 21. Oh, how I miss the spaghetti works. Oh well, and Zito's Pizza as well. But that's what's going on with the baseball at the moment, and just very much a stay tuned situation. I would say stay tuned to Bulldog football at the moment, but uh, you don't have to. I'm kind of proud of myself for coming up with the lead. In fact, I texted this to Zach Arnett earlier today. In fact, that you know, the NCAA calls this a quiet period for football recruiting. Well, Arnett and his assistant staff obviously didn't get the message. More likely, they just couldn't hear it clearly because Mississippi State is making great big noise in football commitments this month and especially this past week. They marked the final day of spring yesterday with a string of commitments which have put the program into a full summer frenzy. Yes, I'm reading from my story because I'm kind of proud of this. Um, Even though I'm coming off a little bit of a cold last night, I think I wrote pretty well on this one, I still take some pride in this. But when you have three highly rated prospects, according to some, all three are top 15 prospects in the state of Mississippi, definitely all three are four-star prospects, according to our 24-7 analyst. Well, that's big news regardless, but combine it with what else Arnett and staff have done in the month of June? Let's think back a little bit to the end of May, when state had, uh, what, four, maybe five commitments and not a lot of what you'd call needle movers in that regard, Or although I've learned, too, that uh, with the truly passionate recruiting fan, uh, once that needle moves first time, it doesn't move again. They just keep moving on to the next whatever it is. So state had gotten off to a decent start there, but June. And it can't be a coincidence that all these commitments, eight so far just this month, in 20 days, have come after a series of the single-day camps that Arnett and staff have been putting on on campus. It has made an impact, obviously. You got picked up eight, now your total's at 13. And for those who care about such things, okay, let's be honest, who doesn't care about such things? You've got a recruiting class, and I use that word uh, parenthetically because it's far from finished, but a class of 13 players that uh, by 24-7's calculations comes out to number 20. That's right. Okay, it's going to change over time for reasons fair and maybe not so fair when other schools start getting their guys and they get that, uh, uh, just to pull out one example, that Bama bump or something, and the bumps go up, the ratings go up, and maybe some four stars get knocked down a little bit in the scoring system. That's okay. As of right now, the state has grabbed three four stars in a single day Don't know if that's been done in a long time. Maybe not ever, certainly not since the star system began, but boom. That really had things rattled across the interwebs all Tuesday afternoon, just watching the follow-up, and I give quite a few of y'all credit for the funny memes and gifs and other stuff that y'all came up with for social media about how the recruiting was going, both for Mississippi State and at the expense of, well, fill in your own blanks there. Yes, it's going to change, And probably not end up at number 20, but for a day. The first day of summer 2023, Bulldog football has a top 20 commitment class. And maybe it improves. It's a point of off-season pride, absolutely. And certainly, people who put such stock in things are going to enjoy it for as long as it lasts. At least until they drop in down a little bit and um, panic assumes. But then again, maybe it goes up. Like I said, it's going to change over time. But... Three weeks into June, those gates just blew open with eight commitments, and the surge was expected because of spring camp dates, but now it's been a full flood recently. Now, what Zach Arnett likely cares much more about than the rankings is the people he's getting committed. I keep looking at this, and even going back to when there were only a handful of guys committed, I started noticing, intentionally or not, it's been a balanced approach with the commitments. Again, I don't think this is by plan. I do think it's absolutely by plan that Arnett and staff are trying to balance out the roster as a whole. It just happens that, so far, it's been reflected in the early first-half commitment class. Uh, Going through it, what, three offensive linemen, three true wide receivers, a tight end, an athlete who is probably going to end up being a cornerback, defensive back guy, Uh, Three specialists. That's okay because you can always turn specialists into something else as far as returners, but we'll see what the kickers do as well. And what I'm absolutely happiest about, three offensive tackles. Height, 6'6", 6'6", 6'5". The reason I keep bringing that up is, and I'm the one who came up with the saying years ago, that uh, of all the things you don't believe in recruiting and signings is a high, is a football player's 40-yard dash, a uh, basketball player's vertical leap, and a high school pitcher's ERA, well, you can apply the same thing to heights as well, particularly offensive linemen, because they have a way of shrinking a little bit once they get to campus, but that's okay. If they're listed at that already in high school, you got to know the framework is there to build more on, and we'll build more on it after we get through with uh, this um announcement about our sponsor bet online it's your number one source for information statistics news and scores here yes uh, basketball and hockey those professional sports are through but baseball's in full cry and of course you'll have other things to cover and bet online they can cover it for you they're your sports intel headquarters this season for all your insider sports wagering needs that includes Major League Baseball, Ultimate Fighting, and Boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information, including live options and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your home. So here's your call to action: get on the fun today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join up, and be sure to use the promo code that capital B L E A V to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So Zach Garnett is building a real recruiting class already. And as I mentioned, the balance, I'm happy about having three tackles. Maybe that's the happiest for me of all. But a couple of things already jump out there that I want to address because I'm not sure it's going to get appropriate attention just right now. Uh, Think of the fact that uh, both state quarterbacks, Will Rogers and um, obviously Mike Wright, who's brought in from Vanderbilt, is a backup or situation role guy. They're both seniors. Uh, Rogers is a graduate senior, by the way. And spring freshman Chris Parson is still working back to 100% strength, so he probably will not be a factor this fall. But he'll go into next spring as your number one. But there needs to be more young quarterbacks in that room. Because remember, State lost a series of Mike Leach signed quarterbacks to the transfer portal, so now you've got to start restocking there. So... You've picked up one. State's already got a commitment from quarterback, and he's another four-star on the hook right now. And, and that, by the way, continues a run of high-rated quarterback recruiting that Leach began and Arnett is continuing. Even if time has culled the room down for a group of guys who just can't wait that long, which quarterbacks feel that calendar turning faster than most anything, it just is a reminder. Mississippi State, under new management, is still signing really good prep quarterback prospects. That's continuing. Or look at wide receivers. If you thought that changing from an air raid offense to the more balanced approach that Kevin Barbe is going to put on the field, particularly using running backs and tight ends, well, it hasn't stopped State going after wide receivers. Two true wideouts are committed already, and there's a couple of athletes who might get a look there if they want to, but the larger point being Mississippi State is not slowing down recruiting receivers a single bit despite the changeover in both offensive system and coaching staff. Those things are continuing. To me, that's the good story. And I'm going to take a break right now for a little bit of water. I apologize. Again, a little bit of a cold last night. Boy, that, that's awesome podcast radio. My point being, and of course they have a running back as well, And going back to the linemen, which I'm proud of, remember, too, though, prospective blockers, not just those committed right now, but those that Mississippi State continues to recruit, they know something, too, that their time can come sooner rather than later. The downside of this 2023 all-senior offensive line, well, the upside is obvious. You're an all-senior offensive line behind a senior quarterback. You feel really good about the offense. But come next spring, you've got to rebuild entirely. So now you can commit guys and say, you don't have to wait forever to get out there on the field. Your chance is going to come sooner rather than later because there's going to be such turnover at that position. It'll mean some growing pains, of course, and some hard knocks, but it gives them a chance to play sooner, and it absolutely gives you recruiting incentive to go out and say, come to Mississippi State, and your time will be much earlier than it would be at most other places. So given all that, Everything's on congruence control right now? Uh, no, not even hardly. If there is a lack so far, and I'm, when I say this, I do not mean to raise a panic or concern because, again, commitments come at their own pace, and Mississippi State is not trying to spread this out by positions intentionally. That's just how it's happened so far, and it's been great fun to watch it on the offensive side of the ball. Also, you picked up one linebacker as well. And parenthetically, I'm still kind of fascinated how, since the late Dan Mullen years, the numbers in the quarterback room have just dropped off pretty significantly compared to Mississippi State's history. And Maybe that reflects changes in defensive philosophies with safeties taking more of a role, but still, you got to have some true linebackers in there, and Mississippi State's got one committed already. But it's the guys in front of them that I'm really focused on now. State needs to stock up on the defensive side of the line with true tackles, nose guards, ends, whatever you want to call them. Yes, offense does overall rule these college days. The the rules have changed. Offense has so many advantages, and teams are going to score points. So defenses aren't out there to um, uh, stall and hold and be rock walls, but you are out there to put pressure on passers, to try to contain the run game, and to force turnovers with sacks. That means aggressive, athletic, defensive linemen. in Mississippi State, they've got them this year. You've got Nate Cromedy. I'm sorry, Nate Pickering, Jaden Cromedy. You've got guys, interior line, that's as good as you can build around. But they're going to be gone. And you need depth anyway. So Mississippi State will work on that this fall. But as far as the future, you've got to keep stocking up on these guys. Now, I wonder if that's an area that the portal could come in handy. Well, maybe not, because defensive linemen, especially the kind I talk about that are of SEC frontline line quality, the thing is they become almost as valuable as, and maybe more valuable than quarterbacks, but as valuable as good offensive linemen. The transfer portal, interestingly to me, has turned into an area where if you're a good blocker or you're a good defensive lineman and you're not happy where you're at or you want to try something better, you will catch attention the moment you enter the portal from coaches. Maybe not so much from fans. They want to see the throwers and the catchers and the runners and defensive backs with big stats and such like that. But if you're a big body, and I think the portal increasingly will become your avenue. And by the way, I'll have a piece coming out probably next week about Mississippi State's success in the transfer portal since 2019. We have now five years of evidence 40 guys have come to the transfer portal. Okay, two of them are returnees in Tulu Griffin and Xavier Thomas, but still, you count them. 30 of the 40 came from FVS programs. No, they came from Power 5 programs. The State is not just picking up the castoffs from lower divisions or stealing guys out of G5 that much. In fact, they're really going after SEC players, and particularly so these past two years. And the SEC players are seeing their opportunity at Mississippi State to come. I think the defensive lineman could be picked up there, but frankly, I feel better about what we now affectionately call D line university going after the high school guys, the junior college guys, putting me in a development program because, like I said, especially defensive tackles and rush ins are going to be so coveted in the portal. Like a good offensive tackle, they can write their own ticket anyway. And you're, you're really trying to get into a game with a whole lot of other sharks out there swimming. But hey, Mississippi State's taken a bite out of the portal so far at other positions. And I suspect as they get into more normal recruiting in the second half of the summer, then the, you'll start seeing more of the defensive players signing on, at least committing on in that regard. By the way, this uh, quiet period... Has a few more days to run through the 26th, and then the translates to an absolutely dead period through July 24th. Now, no camping, no visiting. It's dead in that sense. It doesn't mean that Arnett and staff aren't working the phones and staying in touch as allowed. They will be. You just can't start, you know, visiting them or hosting them, that sort of thing, again until you get to August. So, did I say it was a quiet period? Well, I'm, I'm surprised if you could hear me because there's just too much noise coming out of Mississippi State football right now to hear it. They're not very quiet at all, but all is good for Bulldog football in that regard. So, And no, as you know, I am not the recruiting expert here, but I do have a lot of overview experience evaluating classes, evaluating trends, both current and long-term. I have to say I really like where Arnett is taking this. You've still got to hold these commitments, and one thing that's not going to change, I discussed this, in fact, with Mike Leach the first year he was here, and I said, you realize that when a player commits to Mississippi State in summer, all you've really done is identify them as being seen of SEC quality, and the rest of the conference powers all of a sudden are going to target him even more and come after and try to steal away that commitment. And he made the comment, said, well, I've been dealing with that all my life because places like Texas Tech, Washington State, that's all he'd ever done. Identify recruits and then have them picked off. But i tell you what, Leach was able to hold on to a fair number of commitments, maybe more so even than Mullen did, over the stretch. Because Dan, for all his virtues, had plenty of vices, and one of them being taking the first easy commitments too often, Get Steve Robertson started on that sometime. And uh, if he really gets unwound and goes into it, you'll know all you need to know to hear about Dan Mullen's general overview on recruiting. Not specifics, just generally. Uh, I'm not going to say he was lazy, but he sure did like the easy way out and certainly the staff he had the first several years here at Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm one of those guys who will wonder, what could Bulldog football have done after the 2011 season had Dan really, really, really focused on recruiting. Of course, we could also say the same thing about Jackie Sherrill. After his first two years, things fell off because he didn't see himself staying that long either, and finally he was able to get it back with the cheap fix the junior cartilage route. That's no longer available, but the transfer portal's here, and we have a coaching staff that's another advantage to the guys that Arnett has hired on his staff. I know there were some questioning some of their experiences, maybe their track records at other SEC schools, the programs they were with, the coaches they were with. Let me tell you, what they did in recruiting, where they were at, at a variety of SEC and Power 5 programs, is now paying off for Mississippi State. They know what is, and they know what isn't, and they know the difference. And that's been allowing them to focus on what can they can do here and get done reasonably and efficiently. And, as I said, loudly, because you don't have days like yesterday very often. When you do, you celebrate them, you tip the cap to what this coaching staff has done, and you uh, try not to sit there and think, okay, when's the next bunch of four-stars going to sign on? Because you're going to be taking some guys that don't rate quite as highly in the future weeks. That's just the nature of it. This is what you focus on, not the stars and not the ranking. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'll be focusing on that, too. Sorry, but, you know, roll with me on this one. Look at the positions, look at the balance, and look at the building project for the future as compared to the current roster, what's expected to leave, what we could lose to the draft and to graduation, as well as to the portal, in fact, and think that uh, Zach Arnett seems to have a pretty good read on how to take Mississippi State in a direction recruiting-wise. Well, it'll all play out, ironically enough, exactly six months from yesterday. From June 20th, last day of spring, to December 20th, first day of the NCAA's early signing period, 2021-22. You have three days to get those guys inked. So it's going to be a long six months trying to hold on to some of these players, but hey, they've made the all-important first step, a verbal commitment. Yeah, I know, sometimes it doesn't mean as much as it used to, Respect my decision. God, how I hate seeing that out. And I don't care if they come out in favor of state. I'll please stop using that. Just make a decision and ride with it, my young. But, okay, that's the monster we've recreated. Anyway, Arnett, if he's getting them in in the first place, that includes improves the odds of holding on to them when it comes down to actual signing day. Six months is a long time, and got a whole season to play between now and then. But you got to like where it's heading. Speaking of the season, of course, we're still a couple of months away from that, but uh, Media Day is not far away, July 18th. Mississippi State goes, sharing the podium that day. I believe we'll be going, well, I know we'll be going on the afternoon of the 18th. as a Tuesday in Nashville. And of the three other schools scheduled to go that day, I've really got to believe State will be paired with Georgia. Not just because they want Bulldogs together there. excuse me again, but because I don't see any way State could be fortunate enough to be paired with Vanderbilt and take all the attention because that would also mean that the SEC is pairing Georgia and Auburn in a session and they ain't going to do that. I also don't think there's any way the SEC pairs Mississippi State and Auburn. Uh, Talk about trying to steal things from the Bulldogs. You know the Tigers be trying to steal just attention that day, but there's no telling, of course, what will happen. It would be entertaining. I do have to say that for those of us covering the Bulldogs on that day, if we happen to cross paths with Auburn's new coach, and uh, we certainly would expect to um, run into Auburn's new athletic director, and we'll greet him on friendly terms, of course. You know, John and I have been friends for a very long time. I just don't see it happening. I think State will be paired with Georgia, and then I expect um, uh, Auburn and Vanderbilt, to have the morning session. As far as the player state's gonna take, that has not been announced. The SEC has gotten really guarded on such things. They don't want to give any tips. If you hear the clattering, that's our uh, two deadly attack Morkies going through the doggy door here into the garage because they think it's time for the E-A-T word. Down, kids. You gotta wait a little bit longer. Ain't this good radio. So state will be going there, and we haven't named the players. I've got to got to believe Will Rogers will get his turn. Mike Leach was never big on taking quarterbacks to the media days for various conferences, but you just can't not take Will this year, especially as a senior and an SEC record setter. Nate Watson has been there before. Jaden Cromedy has been there before. They both went last year, so they would be easy picks. And, of course, they're both all SEC candidates, so I could see them going as well. If they want to shake it up, uh, might I suggest a guy like a Cole Gordon. You know, one of those transfer portal players that we mentioned who began at LSU and is now locked down on a job at Mississippi State. And you have some players. I don't know if I would take Tulu Griffin. Um, he, receiving, he's, he's going to be really good this year, obviously, but return specialists just don't move the needle a whole lot with media there, especially amongst the mob in Nashville. So that's going to be my guesses right now, but... Uh, We'll find out in coming days, probably see. I'll check my last year's schedule. The SEC did not announce it until about July 13th. We'll see if they stay on that same schedule this year. And as far as recruiting periods, I ran through those. And, well, I think we've covered a whole lot of ground here. And it's a lot of good ground because Mississippi State has had a good, maybe even great couple of days with both football and baseball. And, oh, by the way, basketball, they're planning on that European tour to Portugal late July, early August. So, or was it late August? I have to check the schedule again. But they'll be playing four games overseas. Oh, no, wait. I mentioned Dakota Jordan. Of course, he is trying out for Team USA. So, maybe that will settle him down, too. Of course, it will also put him in the range of the NIL and transfer portal leeches because he and a whole bunch of great college players, underclassmen, will be in the same place that's going to be an irresistible target. But uh, now that he's made the talk to come back, I think State should be able to survive it. So, apologizing for my voice today, but not apologizing for being loud and proud about Bulldog Sports today, this has been another edition of the Doghouse brought to you by Believe.com and with our sponsor, Bet Online. I'm your host, David Murray, and let's catch up with Bulldog Sports again next week.